You're back. You voluntarily listened to that first episode, Gambling 101, and thought to yourself, you know, I should listen to that podcast again. Or you stumbled upon us for the first time, in which case maybe you should be one of the crazy people that checked out Gambling 101. Either way, we're happy you're here. Welcome to D2P2 Sports. This episode of D2P2 was recorded close to a month ago and started out with a very strong amount of time spent on the feline friends. I trimmed some of it, but if you don't want to hear us talk about the, his cats fighting in the basement, jump ahead about five minutes. Just makes me really happy to know that Three Six Mafia are Academy Award winners. It's just like a fact that brings great joy to this world, as far as I'm concerned. Got a text at 7:30 this morning that just said "Hi" from a number I don't know. Three. So I was like, "Hi, I'm sorry. Who is this?" Uh, and that was at like 10:19. At 10:49, I got a reply that says, "I am Chen Shiyu." Said what? I am Chen Shiyu. Full response. What? A text message? Yeah, text message. I'm just going to delete and block it. I'm kind of confused because I don't do this kind of thing as often as I used to in my younger days, but I would absolutely carry on an insane conversation with this person. Yeah, no, in a, in a different era of my life, I 100% would have went back and forth for yeah. a while there. But and like... it would have got insanely out of control. Oh, yeah, no question like, there I for sure. I might have tried to convince Shen Yu that I was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, as as you should, frankly. Like, as really, I mean, I, like, it's kind of disappointing as I look at it now because I'm like, you know, a younger, more whimsical me would have had a lot of fun with this moment. And instead I'm just blocking and deleting because I just don't really want to deal with it. But, yeah, that's uh, it's, we all lose a bit of our whimsy as we age, you know? So it goes. Sad truth of life. Cats, you're all trapped down here with us. Sorry, guys. Oh dang! Yeah, we got the whole we got the whole gang. You're stuck. Whole gang of cats down here. That's it. We got Frank, Bronx, Mittens, and Salts. Do the other cats try to get full of salt salts and shit? Oh, salts is down. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. The we fearsome got some foursome. The fearsome foursome. They're all here, intact. All in the underground. All in the underground, hanging. Who knew? You for one, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, me. Love little buddy. She's the homie. OG. OG indeed. Maybe OH. Original homie. Original homie. Yeah. Or OB. Original buddy. Original buddy. Yeah. That's nice. Is she like uh, the ruler of the roost? Do the other cats try to fuck with her? Is she just like... Uh... Bronx tries to mess with her once in a while. She puts that to an end real quick. She's got a hell of a bite hook. <laughs> oh, yeah. Frank and Mittens just want to be nice to her. Like, they just want to kind of go sniff her out and like they'll try to like tap her and give her like love touches she puts that to an end real quick too she's pretty quickly like no 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 we're not doing the play thing and we're not doing the love things we're not pals yeah. <laughs> we're not pals let's be clear about maybe that maybe one day yeah she'll warm up but no she's like the gruff old cop that's just gotten her like 20th partner and it's just like look we're not friends rook yeah 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 
Salt is like we may be stuck here together. But Salt would be Robert De Niro in a movie that where he plays like an old mean pissy cop that hates that things aren't the way they used to be. Salt is Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapon franchise. I'm too old for this shit. What's what's the movie where Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy become partners and they make a show called Eddie Mur- uh, Robert De Niro keeps calling him Top Cop? Showtime. Showtime. Oh man. Yeah. See, we just had a that's a throwback. That's right. I'm hanging on the top of your chair for a while. I'm safe up here. Oh nope, she's going on the foosball table. Never mind. That was just a that was just a ramp to the foosball table. Gonna play some foos there, salts. I'm gonna try Frank's coming after you. Oh, Mittens is now curious and is entering the fray. You can do this whenever you want, Holmes. Nice. Well, uh, I've been recording for about six minutes. This is my uh, as my classic <laughs> deal. The way you go at it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just turn on, press record, and. In this case, didn't get much other than some sweet, sweet cat talk, but uh, we're going to keep that in. The cat talk's going to hang. And on the note of sweet, sweet cat talk, what's up, everybody? D2B2 Sports in the house, hanging in the underground. Nick, myself, and four cats coming at you. The cats probably aren't as directly coming at you as we are. but It's a, it's uh, a but Friday feline frenzy. Yeah, F cubed. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we are fond of the feline friends down here. All four of them. They're just they're just all over the place, man. They're they're very curious about what's going on. They're excited, as well. They should be it's pumped up. It's a D two Friday, man. That's uh about as exciting as it gets. We like Fridays. Today is is going to end up being a very exciting day in my life, and we are not going to tell you why. We're not going to tell you, but you're going to know at some point. Yeah, you'll learn in the future. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm a little bit fired up. I want to start today's episode by throwing a hilarious trivia question at you. Oh, I love hilarious trivia questions. Hit me. Are you ready? I'm ready. It does relate to some fresh news in the NFL. Ooh, That's all right. That's the only hint you're going to get. Okay, Are one hint. I'm ready. Fresh news. What player has scored the most PPR fantasy points in a Super Bowl? Interesting. Tyreek Hill? No. Kelsey? No. They really didn't, I mean... Recent NFL news is the thing that's got me, like, tickling. Yeah. Jamar Chase? No, he didn't even have that good of a game. Higgins had a good game. Higgins oh, yeah, two, that's right. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot Despite about that. Despite the clear offensive pass interference, but whatever. Yeah, well, hey, you know, it happens. I, do you want... Man, I don't know if I can give you another hint without totally giving it away. You're pretty good There's at hints. One. You can figure out a, a small hint. It was in the last 10 years. Okay. All right. The last 10 years. So that's that's a bit that's a bigger window than I was looking at. I was literally trying to think back through the last like two Super Bowls, essentially. And this player is no longer an active NFL player. Oh, man. Thanks, see, things happen so quick in the NFL. Just so darn tootin' quick. Also scored the game-winning touchdown in this Super Bowl. Whoa! So, on a winning team. Yeah. Last 10 years. No longer in the NFL. Man. Did Antonio Brown have a sweet game for the Buccaneers in the, in the one Super Bowl he went to with them? No, he like wasn't on the team anymore by that point, right? That was like 
That all exploded quickly? No, no, no. That was just last year that exploded. He was on the team. He was on the Super Bowl yeah. team, but I, I don't think it's him anyway. I'm just like thinking it through. Guys that are not in the NFL anymore that could have had insane Super Bowls and Super Bowl wins. Oh, God, it's a weird one. It's incredibly uh, yeah. weird. No, uh, this person scored three touchdowns, if I recall correctly, in their Super Bowl. Um, That part I'm right about, right? This person scored like three receiving touchdowns in the Super Bowl they won. I don't know if it was three receiving touchdowns. All right, I'm sorry, three touchdowns. Yeah, I think there's a rushing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns in the cut there. Oh, fuck. Who was that? Ah, oh, this is a good one. It's got my wheels turning. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. I got nothing. Get, give me the answer. I'm. Uh, I got nothing. Did score three touchdowns. Uh, I'm getting. I'll give you a stat line. Okay. All right. Stat line me. Six carries, twenty-nine yards. One one rushing touchdown. Fourteen receptions. One hundred and ten yards. Monster. Two rushing touchdowns. Oh. One receiving touchdown. Oh, shit. So I've, two I've been, rushing on six carries. Yeah, so I've been leaning. one touchdown on 14 receptions. So I've been leaning on receivers mentally when it could be a running back here also. That just gets like a running back that gets a lot of targets from the backfield. Um, the current news is that he retired two days ago. Oh, shit. I just saw who retired two days ago. I saw someone retire a couple days ago. Wait, is it, uh... Is it Playoff Lenny? No, Playoff Lenny didn't retire. Only his diet retired when he oh, showed yeah. up to training camp. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, not Playoff Lenny. Is it Ronald Jones? Not Ronald Jones. <sighs> Man. I'm stumped. I, I really got nothing here. I'm uh Also this player was not MVP. Yeah. Um but I that kind of, that's not that surprising to him because it's pretty much always gonna be the quarterback anyway. So. Yeah, like it's pretty much the quarterback or in a really low scoring game, a defensive player that gets like a, a pick six or something. Player went to Wisconsin University. Shit. Man. I gotta think. I still got nothing, man. This is so obscure. It's James White. James White. Yeah. James White. 14 receptions, 110 yards. Uh, on the Patriots like five years ago? Against the Falcons. Yeah. yeah so, overtime touchdown. Yeah, and then Brady still got the freaking MVP. I mean, it was yeah. a shocker. Well, I mean, it's just uh, I, I, that's all coming back to me now. Yeah. I, I, as you could tell by many of my guesses, I was stuck on it being a Brady running back. I just couldn't go back far enough mentally in my brain to sure. get to the Patriots, basically. Pretty absurd. Uh, we got some cat combat going on behind you. Things getting pretty vicious between Mittens and Frank. Uh, and uh, Mittens has walked away victorious. That was, uh, that was some good combat from the cat. The, I think, I think cat Frank might have tapped out. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. that was a Frank tap out. I think that's a clear dub for Mittens. <laughs> Very clear dub. Yeah, just so you guys know, we are not running a cat fight ring down here. There's <laughs> playful, voluntary fights amongst the cats. Yes, although if I were going to go to a 
some type of illegal catfight ring, I would want it to be in a place named the Underground. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, the Underground is a great name for an illegal catfighting ring. It's just not what we're currently doing here. Although we do also have a cat sitting on a foosball table right now. Uh, so these cats are here to game, just like we are. Uh, in fact, Saltz is like defending the foosball table as Frank is, is pawing at coming up there. Saltz just batted Frank away. Like, no, you are not coming up here. Saltz is very territorial. Very territorial. She likes to, nobody inside her bubble. Yeah. Well, she she's used to being a, a one cat house, and now she's a four cat house. Very aggressive. Yeah. Qu- quite the shift. Oh yeah, she just fucking batted him down. But uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening to D two B two Sports. That was a little fun trivia section to start out the day. Got my wheels turning, and uh, Nick and I are here in the underground watching cats do combat. Because we want to talk about some bold predictions for this upcoming NFL season. 2022. 2022 NFL season. Fearless. Fearless predictions. Um, Out there takes. I don't know if you had time to catch this. I know you had a busy night last night, but did you know that there was preseason football on right now? Uh, No, I did not. Well, I mean, I subconsciously knew that, but I had not really, like, consciously started, like, paying attention for preseason news. Did you see Danny Dimes? And the Brian Dayball-led Giants offense march down the field oh, twice baby. against the Patriots defense. Oh, snap. Stop down the field. Nice, dude. Get get yourself some uh, Giants uh, boner action over there, did you? I'm going to be honest. If you were watching this game, you would have looked at me and you would have said, dude, I'm not going to lie. Danny Dimes looks almost like an NFL quarterback. Dude, he, is, he has looked adjacent to an NFL quarterback a number of times over the years. Mostly because he's six foot four. Well, yeah, that part helps a lot, sure. Yeah. Uh, the nickname Danny Dimes is an outstanding one, so I like. I hope he can someday live up to that moniker, because I, I just like it as a nickname a lot. Other times I've seen him look adjacent to an NFL quarterback is usually in uh, the post game when they're shaking hands, mm. and he's actually shaking hands with the other quarterback nice. physically next to him. Right. Well, and he he gives a good handshake. Let's give him adjacent to yeah, another NFL. Nice. Very literally. Yeah. 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 And well, because he throws up the handshake like a good quarterback. Like he puts it out there very. St- Firm wrist action. It's quality handshake. Handshake and high fives. That's when he turns into Danny Nichols. The high five. Danny Nichols post game. Danny dives during the game. <laughs> is that because of five fingers and a high five? That's what the nickel joke is? You got it. You're nice, dude. You it. Yeah. Fucking A. So clever. I think uh, <laughs> the hand gesture might have helped. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you flashed your five digits at me there. That did indeed help the cause a bit. But I think I would have gotten there anyway. However, not a lot of things get by you. Oh, friend. very nuanced joke there, you know? Like, really got to dive deep into that one. Uh, do I? Do you think I need to explain the history of the high five to people for people to, like, really understand? The history of the high five. Because I actually don't know the history. I was just going to make it up. Do you want to hear my made-up version of the history of the high five? I always assumed it had something to do with Michael Jackson, but... Oh, did, I actually recently found out fist bumps go back further in history than high fives do. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, this is a historical thing I learned not that long ago. I already it forgot the like precedence on this. That like goes way back to like the olden days when like people didn't wash their hands because they didn't have plumbing. Yeah, a lot of grossness involved. But yeah, fist bumps uh, majorly outdate the high five. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's why you are supposed to shake hands with your right hand. It's because like way back in the day, like this is gonna get gruesome. I'm pretty sure that people used to like wipe their ass with their left hands and shake hands with the right and shake hands with the right. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean uh, that makes as much sense as anything. But uh, 
You know, you got. <laughs> I mean, when you can't wash your hands that often, you got to like come up with alternatives here. I want to highlight this claim that you just made because it's going to be an all-time great. But if I understand correctly, you're telling me that the notion of shaking hands with your right hand because you wipe your ass with the left hand makes more sense than anything else in the world. Well, I mean, not than anything else in the world. I, but it it yeah. makes as much sense as anything with the way that you yeah, create. Not as, as, it much as, much as, sense as, as much as not more. Okay. You're throwing up a greater than sign when I threw up an equal to sign. So there, there hypothetically could be an infinite tie for all the things that make the most sense in the world. But even still, that made the cut. Makes the cut. Yeah, it's there. Uh, well, grosser times. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. Thank God. But uh, f- based on all the things I hear about, like scurvy and plagues and weirdness, like yeah, that's it's all fits with the times. I mean, in the 1700s, they burned women because they floated and called them witches. So like well, that I makes mean, as much sense as anything. <laughs> I feel like that's a good segue point to just get right into the absurdity that is our hot takes of the NFL 2222 season. I'll be honest, I'm going to come at some of these with the same fervor and confidence as you just did with that claim. Uh-huh. Because some of these things, some people might think are pretty out there, but I'm going to say that they make as much sense as anything. Will you have as much fervor as the rural juror? I will have as much fervor as a gerbil named Herbert. Mm. Does the gerbil named Herbert, Herbert like to watch the rural juror in great fervor? Your father's learner is a burger server in suburban Santa Barbara. Yeah, that's right. When he spurns your mother Werner, a curly-haired surfer named Roberta. Did that hurt her? What is the rural juror? I don't know. Did I know what this is? <laughs> it's a 30 Rock reference. It's oh. a pretty, very specific one. But uh, there's this whole episode where Jenna's talking about a film she's made recently and she just keeps mumbling the name out because she's like, it's the rural juror. And, uh, and so, like, Tina Fey's character, Liz Lemon, just, like, can't figure out what the name of this movie is. Yeah. She's like, what is the name of this movie? Is rural juror? I don't understand what's being said here. If she were a part of the furry community, you could call that a furry murmur. Yeah, a furry murmur about the rural juror. <laughs> yeah. Well, off but, to a hot start. Off to a just slamming start here. We're, uh... We've been rolling for a good little while now, and uh, I think it's about time. Let's let's start with, uh, so we've got a top five, and I think each of us have like one um, outside looking in slash uh, honorable mention take. So let's start with the lukewarm, the honorable mentions, and then we'll cruise into our five. I don't know if you have yours ranked. I don't really have mine ranked, but I'll kind of rank them myself as we dwindle down. I can make it swing. I'm going to let you start, and then I think what I'm going to do... Is I will just follow suit with ones that I have that might, there might be a segue in there somewhere. Gotcha. There might not. Yeah, we'll find out. We haven't compared our list, so I don't know what's on his. He doesn't know what's on mine. Actually, I told him about half of one. I told him about one half of one of mine. <laughs> but uh, I'll start with the one that I think's the most tepid, just because I, I think it's one that has a, mod, has a moderate level of agreeability to it, or at least makes some sense to people. But uh, I'm going with the Titans will have the worst record in the NFC, or the AFC, I mean. In the entire AFC. The entire AFC. Not even the AFC South. Yeah, the whole, the, conference. the whole conference. In a division with the Texans and the Jaguars. Yes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. See, tepid, right? It. Yeah, so everybody, this is my... This t- is your least this hot is, take. It might not be the least hot take. There might be ones that are less hot than this. But it just feels like... Uh, 
It feels like a team that had all the potential in the world a couple years ago. But Ryan Tannehill feels a lot like a system quarterback that does well when things are are really built tremendously for him and is going to fall apart in a hurry as things aren't quite as well built anymore. They've lost receiving weapons. A lot of questions about the running back situation. Can Derrick Henry come back to form after that gruesome leg injury? Um... Yeah, they play. They play in a terrible division, so that obviously makes people think like, "Well, they're they're going to at least have a couple wins. Like, they're bound to at least beat the Texans once. They're bound to at least beat the Jags once." And to that, I say, maybe not the Jags once. Watch out, folks. Jags might go two and zero against them. Colts very well could go two and zero against them. I think both of those teams, the Texans and the Jaguars, are substantially better than they were last year. Yeah. Now, now that's they I mean, were really <laughs> terrible last year. I don't know so how this is because the Jaguars the worst team in the NFL. Right. But. Yeah, for the second time in three years, the Jags were the worst team in the NFL somehow. Like the Edmonton Oilers, just stacking number one picks over and over and over again. Yeah. No, not second time in three years. Second, second time, time in two, two years. years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there wasn't a, there was not a gap year there. I don't know why I placed a gap year there. It just kind of mentally felt like. Urban were... Meyer. Oh, yeah. Urban, Urban Meyer. The Urban Meyer experience, in spite only being 10 weeks or so, felt like about two whole seasons. Man, that guy sucks. The uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my outside looking in. My uh, my honorable mention hot take of the season: Titans were, will be the worst team in the AFC. There were some photos of the Urban Meyer experience, which actually happened on a a bar outside of Cincinnati after a Thursday night football game, and involved a very young blonde lady. Very young blonde some woman. Yes, sneaky hand positions. If you if you might have noticed, you know, I did indeed. Yeah, uh, those those pictures were scandalous. But he was just in. He was just at the bar, being a good bar owner, mixing it up with the patrons. Did you notice that that blonde woman in question looks a whole lot like Trevor Lawrence? I did not notice that. No, oh, I, uh, I would encourage. I'll, I might say look it up right now. I'll, I'll all right. I'll, I'll Google it real quick because yeah, I, you have my curiosity, sir. You indeed have my curiosity. Let's see if I can find this quick. I'm a notoriously bad Googler, folks. I don't know if this ever come up on the show or any other show here on the Good Fun Media Network. Yeah, you're not good at Googling? Dude, I'm just not very good at Googling. I mean, I don't know if I'm too specific. I don't know precisely what my problem is, but I, I don't turn up the best Google searches. I, uh, I'm notorious amongst certain friends of mine for, in fact, being quite bad at the Google searches. I think people do Google too deep sometimes. I think you just... Throw out like the three keywords. I just so I just I tried to go vague with this one. Urban Meyer bar picture. That's good. Yeah, I think that's a good start. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Here we go. I might try Urban Meyer blonde girl. That might work too. No, I got what I was looking for out of this, and I just got to like filter down for a better version of it. Do you know that episode of The Office when Kevin decides that he's going to use less words in sentences? Yes. Outstanding. Uh, outstanding Kevin moment. That's for sure. how you should Google. Yeah, no, that makes why use many word when few word best or however he phrases that is iconic. Thank, thank, yeah. <laughs> See you. Uh, um, I have the picture here, and um, I don't, I don't know about dead ringer for Trevor Lawrence. But I guess I can like see it. How about if I put it to you this way? She looked more like Trevor Lawrence than any other girl in the bar that night. I mean, I didn't see any other girls in that that were at that bar that night, so it's hard for me to like really say that. I would encourage you to keep googling, but that might not work very well. So, 
Yeah, well, I've seen him with a couple different women now based on this search. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see the Trevor Lawrence resemblance, but I don't think it's a dead ringer, per se. Still of interest, though. So, uh, that was my hot take, buddy. Why don't you lay down your, uh, your outside-looking-in hot take? Just didn't quite make the top five, but is still some spicy. I, 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 that was your outside looking in. That was my outside looking in. I, I told you. Like I said, there, there's actually one on here that I think is, is a little more tepid than that, but I just want it higher on my list, so I'm saving it for higher on my list. So there's that. All right. I'm, I'm going to come at you with one that this is not necessarily my outside looking in, but it, it, it piggybacks off of yours really well. Okay. So it just makes sense. All cool. Right. All right. I'm going to say that the worst team in the NFL – a team that I don't know if they win two games. I'll say they win two games tops. Ooh. Is going to be the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. All right. I uh, This is why maybe we should compare lists when we do these things. Because, <laughs> oh, man. I literally have on here, the Bears will finish the season with the worst record in the NFC. Oh. Nice. <laughs> and, all right. All right. So that, I'll just call that my number five. Let's... Uh, so, Let's talk about this. The Bears are fucking terrible, right? This is going to be a bad team. I don't know how this team wins two games. Uh, they probably have the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. I mean, they made some unbelievable offseason acquisitions at wide receiver, including Byron Pringle, David Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, who's the worst St. Brown in his division at wide receiver. How do you, how do you end up being... The, the worst St. Brown, Brown in your division. division. Yeah. Like, that's a horrendous Well, one. to be fair, Amon Ra St. Brown is dope, so it's easy to be worse than him. Okay, but so on that note... Equinemius you... is an outstanding name, though. Like, I want to be very clear about how much I like that name. I agree, but it's also the second best name of the division, because Amon Ra is also an amazing yeah, no, name. You're, you're right there, too. Yeah, you got me on both fronts here. Yeah. So, you're not only the worst St. Brown in terms of being wide receiver, but you also have the benefit of being named Equinemius, and you also have the second best name as in St. Brown in your division. Yeah, tough break for Equinemius. So, I mean, listen, not only are these guys not good, but, oh, and you can throw in David Moore. Did I mention David Moore? That's the other amazing wide receiver. Ooh, baby. So these are the three guys they have to replace Allen Robinson. Titillating. So, even if you want to ignore the fact that those guys are terrible, simply not good, I mean, Byron Pringle has already gotten arrested since they, <laughs> since Good they start. acquired him. Got yeah. popped for a DUI in April. Hot. And uh, David Moore, he didn't do it quite as early, but he got arrested in July. So two of the Bears wide receivers that are bad have already also been arrested. I want to point out also that David Moore sounds way less like an NFL wide receiver and sounds way more like either one of two jobs here. One the guy I go to to do my taxes every year. That's good. Or two, a backup relief pitcher in like triple A's that like didn't quite make it all the way up to the bigs, but like was really good in college and has just been bouncing around triple A and double A for like five years. Yeah. Or like a guy that you would never vote for who's running for city council in somewhere in southeastern Montana. Oh, yeah. No. And I'm not voting for David Moore in southeastern Montana. No. No. Uh, someone way more lumberjacky and exciting is going to be on the ballot, and I'm going to vote for that person. On top of this, 
the Bears have also recently lost uh, both Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, and now they're possibly only other remaining defender that's of any quality, Roquan Smith, is demanding to be traded. Yeah, he's looking around at this dumpster fire in training camp and being like, yeah, I got to get the fuck out of here. This, this is, is not what I'm What after. happened here? Oh, boy. Just a year ago, I got to play with Khalil Mack and company. I got to go. This is bad. Where's Khalil Mack at now? Uh, the Rams. Didn't, didn't, didn't you get traded to the Rams? I I believe you. I just uh, I I might have missed that this offseason. I might have just totally missed that. I don't know how you're throwing me for a loop here. Oh, Chargers. Oh, wrong LA team. Right, right neighborhood. Damn, that's a good acquisition for the fucking Chargers. So the Chargers have picked up Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. Yeah, that's a, it's a good offseason for the Chargers, man. That team's going to be fucking good. So combine all of these departures from a team that was already not good. And then your additions are questionable at, at best. I mean, you're replacing head coach Matt Nagy. With Matt Eberflus, which, I mean, about the only thing about this that I can say is good is that Eberf- replacing Matt Nagy is a plus. Yeah, and uh, Matt Eberflus sounds like a guy the Swedish chef named himself. Which is a positive. We're, <laughs> we're Swedish chef friendly around these parts. For days. For days. For days. Yeah. And, uh, also a new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, former quarterback coach of the Green Bay Packers. But here's the problem, right? As we've talked about this ad nauseum in this show, I think we both agree that Justin Fields is not going to be a talented NFL quarterback. Yes, and we do agree we on that. that. I grandstand on the notion that Justin Fields might have some problems with the playbook might have problems adapting to things on the field at a high speed. In contrary, you know, contrary to what he saw at his time at Ohio State when he was a standout. But if this is a guy that I think is already going to struggle with an offense, I think the worst thing you can do is give him another offense in his second year to learn. Yeah. So if the guy already had a hard time learning the offense last year, here's a new one. Throwing a new one at him is the best maneuver to make, right? I mean, we saw guys that don't have these problems struggle with this, right? I think the worst thing. That Danny Dimes has had to deal with this. He's going into his fourth coach in four years. Well, it's going to be even more detrimental to Justin Fields, I think. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense, man. Um, It's just the Bears, for me, for all the reasons you just named, and for the general fact that I think the NFC North is quite good, minus the Bears, like... I don't think the Vikings or the Lions are outstanding teams, but I think they're like the the Lions will be much improved over what we've seen the past couple years. The Vikings will continue to dance around 500 and be like in the playoff picture, whether coming close and missing or coming close and making. And the Packers will continue to be the fucking Packers. So already your division's got six tough matchups for you. And then the NFC North schedule draw this year was not an easy one. No, it's not. It's. I mean, they got to play the NFC East, which is not loaded with good teams, but I think it's loaded with teams that are basically, other than one, are all getting better. Yeah, three competitive teams, we'll say, in the NFC East. And the Giants. And the Giants, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they... I think they also play the AFC South. Oh, okay. No, they so play the AFC East. There it well, is. that's not good either. Yeah, that... Right? Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, the Bears are uh, gonna be terrible, which is just just brings me a lot of joy. I just uh, I just really don't like the Bears. Uh, obviously, a lifelong Lions fan here. Uh, down goes the recording device. A cat has entered the fray. That's so, okay. It's still we're still rolling. It's fine. It can just sit on the floor for now. Not even a big deal. Hardly an inconvenience. After trading a first round pick last year to the Giants for the opportunity to draft Justin Fields, I guess they're going to get a consolation prize of having the number one pick next year to draft another Ohio State quarterback in C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Quite the consolation prize. Tough break for Dub Bears. But uh, that's all. Your outside looking in was my number five. So why don't you hit me with your number five now? Uh, my number five... Oh, man. All right. How about this? How about it? Comeback player of the year. Okay. Nice. Comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> God damn, you're such a homer. I love I it. I can't help myself. I am I am so unfortunately enthusiastic about the maneuvers that the Giants made this year. Now, there's a difference between being enthusiastic about maneuvers making and the team being good. Like, you're not going to get me to the point where I say the team is good yet. However... You will get me to the point where I think the team is, is is moving in the right direction. And this is basically just because I love how their coaching philosophy or their approach toward coaching changes this year was just, we just want to get as many offensive minds from the Bills and the Chiefs as possible. Like, that's all we want to do is just get as many. Just hire all those guys. Of the Bills and the Chiefs and yeah. see what works. Just hire all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, they seem to do okay. Yeah. Those guys so, are good at offense. Let's just. Let's let just Grab some people that were involved with them. I always like that mentality, too, especially when it's, like, being plucked. These are two great examples here of, like, was anyone on the coaching staff really that involved with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen being that sweet? Like, are, are you really going to get the results, your desired results by hiring the guys that just got to be around two generational quarterbacks? kind of like the Belichick versus Brady thing. Like, which one of them was really doing the winning? And then Brady leaves, and we see him instantly win a ring. And we're like, oh, it was Brady. Well, I don't know, because I was thinking about this as well. And I've come to the conclusion that I, I think it was legitimately both of them. I think in that I mean, situation, it is both to a scale. I don't think Brady wins six without Belichick. But I, I skew more towards player over coach in these debates i think i think in the the belichick brady example it is a bit of both i don't think brady gets as many rings without belichick involved oh i completely agree but i do think that brady is the larger portion of the equation there just as patrick mahomes is the large part of the equation in kc andy reed great coach eric Bieniemy, great coach obviously the offensive system is uh well thought out and well executed one but i don't know if like guys numbers three four and five involved with that scheme being hired in by the giants are like gonna bring all that sweet sexy offense over if they don't get to just bring patrick mahomes with them still worth a try though i mean i guess you can look at it this way as well right like there's probably things that mike kafka learned from his time with casey that he can employ into the Giants' offense. I mean, obviously, like, listen, uh, let's not get out of control here. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to be as good as the Bills and the Chiefs, but I think that I like the approach being that 
if nothing else, they're completely established with ridiculously high-powered offenses. And if nothing else, they're also very creative offenses. Right? Yeah. I mean, this isn't like, listen, the Tom Brady Buccaneers was a very dynamic offense that was not very creative. I think the Bills and the Chiefs has a way of scheming and ways of drawing up plays that find ways to make the most out of lesser talent, right? Like, I don't know. Hell, they got Byron Pringle paid by the Bears. Yeah, and then the guy was so happy he went on and got a DUI right away. That's, I mean, even he didn't think he was going to get paid. That's why he's out celebrating. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that's one of the, Byron Pringle got the call from his agent, was like, wait, what? Someone wants to offer me how much? I'm out. I'm out. Aha! Um, but back to Barkley, I think you're looking at one of very few running backs that literally has no competition on his team for carries or receptions, right? I mean, in an NFL where we're seeing increasingly more split backfields and more guys that are splitting time, there's no competition. Matt Breida is not going to take any, any carries away from Saquon Park. I don't think that it's far-fetched at all to see a world where Saquon approaches 100 receptions. Fair. I think that, again, Dayball is going to try to find ways to scheme things on the offensive side of things that are creative and probably aren't – it's not going to rely on a lot of downfield threats, right? I think that there's way more likelihood that Danny Dimes spends a lot of time checking down to Saquon Barkley than he is firing the ball down the field, especially when you consider that their offensive line is still questionable at best. Still questionable – is uh, a kind way to put that. Yeah. Well, hey, man. No, I re- dude, I respect it, man. Trust, try, try to believe. Nothing wrong with that, man. We are, as we've said on this show many times, we will continue to say many times, we are fans first. And uh, you're Factor always... In, in his career, Saquon Barkley had only played six snaps in the preseason until last night when he actually got the ball five times. He had five touches in one drive last night. So his involvement is going to be paramount. Yeah, I I think the only says thing, something about where they think he is health wise that they're giving him that many snaps or that many carries in a preseason. Clearly, I, they think he's completely healthy and ready to go. That's a great sign. He hasn't been that in two straight years now, so that's a that's a great sign. I like it. It's a bold Homer proclamation over here. I'm optimistic. I think I, it's I think it's realistic, and I'm optimistic. I like it. I, like I don't it. really know. I mean, last year there was, like, some slam-dunk obvious candidates to be comeback player of the year, right? Dak Prescott was hands down the guy everybody was thinking to be comeback player of the year. I don't know that there are that many this year, right? I mean, Robert Woods, Julio Jones. Yeah, so we did some light discussion on this topic before we hit record. I was opening the door for you. Yeah, you, you, yeah you opened the door, so I'll go ahead and segue to my number f- – I'll make this my number four. As I said, I don't really have them ranked. I'm kind of just – trusting my gut as I rank them as we count down here. So this is a good segue into my next one. Um, in my head, comeback player of the year, for some reason, always equates more like the uh, NBA's most improved player. When I understand it's, it's definitely more based on like returning from injury than like just improving. So maybe this, maybe my next one isn't accurate in that way. But I have a two-parter here. Trevor Lawrence will win Comeback Player of the Year if uh, it's not an injury-based thing and you can do it off a healthy season. I generally think the NFL 
gears toward injuries. Yeah, so, like so maybe like, that part of my take is wrong, but I'm still like, going to stand by. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a substantial coming out party of a year. Uh, we're going to be can like... Can you consider Urban Meyer to be an injury? See, I think you can. Like you had urbanitis. You're yeah. coming back from a mean case of urbanitis. Mean case of urbanitis. Just like the toughest case of urbanitis. Like, I, I think urban should count as detrimental against you as a full-scale injury, personally. Like, uh, I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh, but the part two of this take is that he will lead the Jags to a near 500 record with a minimum of seven wins. I'm more of a fan of this than you might think. Interesting. All right, right tight. Let me throw something at you that I haven't talked to you about. Oh, and my, uh... We experienced some brief technical difficulties. We recovered pretty nicely, however. A cat came along, swatted the recording device that our microphones plug into. But being the perseverant souls we are, we trekked forward into our journey of madness. You weren't. You aren't as uh, I'm down more on this than you might think. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I haven't had time to discuss this with you, but in my my last dynasty league to have our rookie draft. I made a trade mid-draft where I gave up DeAndre Swift and I got Trevor Lawrence and a first-round pick next year. Fuck yeah. Good trade. And I'm pretty solid on this because as much as I like DeAndre Swift, I don't know. What was the first? Like, what was it like when it was at, like, uh... Next year. This oh, okay. Future first. Future first. Okay. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Looking at the league, I would anticipate it to be a middle-of-the-road. Okay. That guy's team is very average. Fair enough. Could be high, could be low if his team gets out of the right time. I don't know. It's it's not going to be. I can't pigeonhole it to a high pick or a low pick. Fair it enough. Could be all. Could be anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, clearly, this is a an indicator that I think Trevor Lawrence is unbelievably more talented than he performed last year. Agreed. Can get Urbanitis, man, it gets you. And uh, as much as I like DeAndre Swift, I don't know that this is a guy that's built for a a heavy workload and a long career as a running back, right? I mean, it's going to be him and Jamal Williams is like the anti-Saquon. Yeah, as the epitome of split backfield. Yeah. However, in a not anti-Saquon sense, I would not be surprised if he catches 89 balls. So you can put that out there. That's fair. No, I think DeAndre Swift is in for quite a good season. Like, I I, uh, I, kind of think this Lions offense has at least potential to be decent, at least as far as, like, the uh, non-quarterback players within it having decent fantasy numbers. Like, I think DeAndre Swift is a decent running back to target in drafts uh, for, for this season. But like you just said, I, too, don't see the longevity there where if you can get a quarterback that can be your quarterback in a dynasty league for the next 15 years I mean, this and get an extra first-round pick? Widely been considered, like, the the last quarterback that was considered to have this high of an outlook in the NFL was Andrew Luck. Yeah. Right. No, this, this guy came in with as much fanfare around his name as any quarterback that's ever entered the league. And I th- I still think a fair amount of that was justified. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see him in a real and normal NFL system and not lingering with a bad case of urbanitis anymore. He's had a full off season to recover. 
You know, like uh, this is why he should be eligible for comeback player of the year. It's getting, it's getting back Travis Etienne, who little known stat. I don't know why this doesn't get as much notoriety as one would think, but uh, Travis Etienne actually led the NCAA as, with catches as a running back his last year in college with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Got to be it. Yeah. Nice well, addition. Yeah, nice addition. Fucking uh, badass Zay Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what the last uh, tandem of a Maybe young quarterback? Kirk, one of the yeah. highest paid wide receivers yeah. in the NFL. You know what the last tandem of a young quarterback and one of their favorite weapons from college did together? Uh, they went to the Super Bowl, uh, Mr. Burrow and Mr. Chase. So, you know, we've seen these tandems unite in the pros from college pretty successfully pretty darn recently. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are going to go to the Super Bowl together this year. But I think they're going to have a damn good year, the both of them. I don't think your take is – that's not the hottest take yet. No, it's not. I have, Some people might I'm at minimum it. seven wins with the Jags. In my mind. I think it's fair. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. Hammering the over on wins, which I think they're setting like four and a half right now or some nonsense. So I'm like, I want to hammer that over. That's not high enough. I agree. I don't remember. I, I could be wrong about that number, but I uh, I remember seeing it and being like, oh yeah, I'm I'm throwing action at that. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, I think it's higher. I think it's like six. But anyway, it could have risen. This this was like three four weeks ago also that I was looking at that last. So it definitely could have risen in this time also. If memory serves, I think the Falcons have the lowest win total, which was four and a half. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's his reason. You are now rolling with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. You can't project that many wins. But uh, that's my number four, as it just segued so nicely out of Knicks there on the comeback player of the year that I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence is not eligible for, technically. But we stand by... It's a matter of eligibility. I think it's a matter of voter preference. Mm, fair enough. Well, either way, we stand by... The detriment of having Urban Meyer as your head coach for 10 games should be enough to qualify you for comeback player of the year the next year. Especially when that's your rookie year and that's your head coach. Like, what a terrible anchor around your uh, ankle that guy is. Yeah, this show will continue to shit on Urban Meyer any chance we get for the record. D2B2 listeners. We're not even sorry for it. There's no apology coming from our camp. This is just nothing but honest, unfiltered reality about Urban Meyer. I'm not the slightest bit apologetic for this. No, we feel no remorse not over in this. Any way. No. None. Just seems like he's really, really lovable, but just like not that smart. Like it seems like he's confused all the time and like never really knows what's going on. But he's also like really happy go lucky. Like he'd be like Joey Lawrence. Nice. What was that? Blossom? Was that the name of that show? Blossom was... was Joey Lawrence? Joey Lawrence was on Blossom. Yeah. yeah. Like, Frank seems a lot like that. Like, he's always, like, chipper and happy, but, like, never really has any idea what's happening around him. Like, there's a lot of, like, whoa moments. Whoa. Also a little bit like Charlie from Always Sunny. I... What? <laughs> yeah, but despite the, the raging tendencies and the ability to go into a complete upheaval. Oh, yeah, minus those parts, but otherwise he's pretty happy a lot of the time. Charlie's pretty happy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's just like uh, ignorant. He is a one of the poster children for ignorance is bliss. <laughs> there's some pretty happy, there's some pretty hilarious Charlie moments when he's like, I think he's usually pretty drunk when this happens, but it, like sometimes he's just like, 
I don't really know what you guys are talking about, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, I'm not understanding the conversation. Yeah, I, I have no clue what the fuck is going on, but that's all right. <laughs> but, all right, uh, geez, I got a good one coming at you. Yeah, this might be a twofer. Oh boy, love! You might be able to call this a twofer. Love a good twofer. Um, I just cracked. And I'm going to take a sip of this silver bullet. Ah, uh, rocking the Coors Light. As you can see on the silver bullet, we should get some advertising money for this. But you can see the mountains have turned blue. I do. That that indicates that that beer is cold. It's cold. Unlike this take, which is very hot. Hot take while drinking a cold beer. But Here we go. we are discussing the silver Ooh, see, bullet. that's even a good segment. Like, spot, hot takes cold beers sponsored by Coors Light. Like, hey, Coors people, holler at us. We're here for you. We'll do it. While we're discussing the, the beautiful silver and blue can. This I'm gonna hit you. Gorgeous can. The second best NFL team that wears silver and blue will be the Dallas Cowboys. What? Uh, Detroit Lions better record than the Dallas Cowboys this year. Oh yeah. The Cowboys. I don't necessarily understand how the Cowboys won 12 games last year. The fact that they were 12 and five is a borderline remarkable to me. But I do know that they're the only team in their division that I think got worse than they were last year, right? We've already discussed my love for the new Giants coaching staff. Throw in two top six NFL draft picks, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau. Half their offense that was injured last year is not yet. Plenty of time for that to happen. All sorts of time for some giant injuries, for sure. History has of any value. we got plenty of time for these guys to get hurt. But for now, they're not hurt yet. And that the commanders, I think that they uh, not only have a name now, which gotta think you can expect a higher performance now that they're no longer the football team for the record i still think the name the football team is better than the commanders but <laughs> i've digressed that's just a me thing i'm okay i've, I've accepted the commanders even but, though i'll always think of the click commanders but like I, i've accepted it forever yeah uh, as a team that re- uh, replaced taylor heineke with carson wentz picked up john dotson i think their defense takes a step back I think that we expected them to have a top five defense last year, and it just never materialized. I think that does take a step forward this year and gets back to what our expectations were. The Eagles made a flurry of maneuvers. I think my only fear is that this could be like the last time the Eagles try to put together a dream team, and they signed the Namdi Asamoa and a number of other guys all in one year, and it didn't quite pan out the oh, way yeah, we about that year. Yeah. yeah, that was a big one. But, I mean, between the Eagles adding A.J. Brown, uh, Hassan Reddick. I love N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis in the NFL draft. I think the Eagles have done wonders to improve their roster. But all these things spell a lot of problems for a Cowboys team that went 6-0 in the NFC East last year. I don't I don't know if this team goes 3-3 in the NFC East this season, right? Add to that a very difficult schedule on top of that. And the fact that I think their roster is substantially worse than it was last year. I mean, you're Amari Cooper is gone, now in Cleveland. Michael Gallup tore his ACL in the last game of the year last year. That leaves them C.D. Lamb and, and, and who? Nobody. Cedric Wilson is even gone. He's a, a, a Miami Dolphin now, right? <clears throat> so, Jalen Tolbert, is that the second best wide receiver on this team? I mean, that's a pretty far cry from Amari Cooper. Quite different players, yeah. Uh, the offensive line. 
another year older, not as good. Lyle Collins, constantly injured. And I would have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure the Dallas Cowboys led the NFL in defensive touchdowns last year. I might say they led the NFL in defensive touchdowns by a wide margin. That's maybe one of the least stickiest stats in all of football. That's an incredibly random statistic, right? There, like, nothing about leading the league in defensive touchdowns indicates you're likely to the next year. Maybe turnovers, but not touchdowns, right? Very fluky. Uh, Randy Gregory, probably their best pass rusher. He's gone. He's in Denver now. All of these things spell a lot of trouble for the Dallas Cowboys, which are somehow the favorite to win that division. I'd also like to point out possibly the biggest thing that should spell out trouble for the Dallas Cowboys, and that is that they're still coached by Mike McCarthy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it got him to 12-5 and five when all the pieces of the puzzle were intact and there. But uh, that dude falls apart in a hurry. That is not a good NFL coach. And is aging poorly as we get into a more modern and uh, different version of NFL football as the game continues to evolve. I actually misspoke, too. I have to apologize. Tyron Smith is the offensive tackle that's constantly hurt. Lyle Collins, they just flat out cut. They just got rid of him. You got to go. Now a Cincinnati Bengal. Offensive line trending up. Cowboys trending down. As far as the Lions go, I, I think they did a number of things that are going to make this team better. I, I'm i a little bit of a Dan Campbell truther. Really? <laughs> and this might just be, listen, if nothing else, this might just be the fact that I'm old. Like, I love the fact that he's a hard-nosed, in-your-face, rowdy kind of guy. Drinks 70 ounces of coffee before 5 a.m. every day. Like, I just like that he's a madman. I don't know that he's, like, the offensive genius that other guys might be. Yeah. But I think he's a guy that... A little bit of a battle going on man that, I was, think he's that scared that, the shit out of me honestly like that that really startled me there it's like right in the window too that yeah a puma coming through. yeah no that was like right next to my head it could have been a bengal okay uh we got the younger cats trying to play with salts and she's just not having it anyway sorry continue no, no, <laughs> tell I, me I, more I, about the lions <laughs> i do like dad campbell i think he's i think he's a player's coach i think he's the kind of guy that players like to play for right Good offensive additions, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams. Might not miss that much time. It's amazing how fast guys come back from ACL injuries now. I mean, yeah. He's no, not that's true. Be, probably not ready for week one. But Did you hear Dan Campbell's quote about, like, uh, doesn't matter if you got one ass cheek, three toes, we're coming for you or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'd hope you could beat some guys that are missing an ass cheek and two of their toes. Or if they met three toes total, missing seven toes. Either way, they, I would hope you could do well against that Dan Campbell. I was very confused by the meaning of the quote, but I, but I like the intention very much. <laughs> it is a weird take. I was I was just I was very confused by the quote. I'm like I don't I don't really know what that means. I don't really go with what what you're going for here. We want like to beat you even if you only have half an ass. Yeah, like half ass. Yeah, I'm like very, I, I was confused by the whole thing. I didn't really understand the quote. But, uh, but I found it very funny. I've got a pretty good Dan Campbell quote that was actually on Hard Knocks last night. Just insert it here. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, insert Hard Knocks quote. It's about, like, I only heard a, a quick little tidbit of it, but it's got something to do with, like, going to the beach and how when you go to the beach, sometimes you're not totally ready to get in the ocean. You might just want to go stand by the water and dip your toe in it. 
but then if you dip your toe in it not carefully enough, the tide might pull you out a little bit. And then he's like, and that's where we are, like sharks to eat you. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Like this Meanwhile, weird, like, we're the sharks waiting to get you. Slowly progressing about how if you're not ready, the water might suck you in, even if you're only trying to dip your toe in. But then it's like, and that's where we are to bite you in half. He loves biting some people, man. <laughs> a lot of biting metaphors when it comes to Dan Campbell. A total bite. bite your kneecaps off. Bite your, bite you when you accidentally get pulled into the ocean. Just, just getting bit all over bite the place. Half your ass off. Yeah, half your ass and some toes. It's <laughs> like, my man likes to nibble. Um, in addition, you're adding number two pick Aiden Hutchinson, who, let's not kid ourselves, should have been the number one pick, but the Jaguars went ahead and did Jaguar things. Very Jacksonville. But I, uh, as a Lions fan, I uh, I love to see you drinking some Honolulu Blue Blue. I'll drink Kool-Aid. a little bit of Honolulu Blue. I like some Blue Hawaiians. Some Blue Hawaiians, just man. like it's Elvis. Awesome. Just like Elvis. Just, just like don't Elvis. die on the shitter. Also, I mean, listen, we were talking a lot about offensive lines. The Lions quietly have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I think Pro Football Focus ranks them at eight, and that's a line that's returning Frank Ragnow, top notch interior lineman that was hurt last year. Wow. And they get to play the Bears twice. And they get to play the Bears twice. Da Bears. Gonna eat them up, man. I'm excited for this. This is uh, this is one of those weird seasons where I'm like, I always tell myself to not get optimistic about the Lions, and most of the time I succeed in uh, holding myself to that standard. But this is one of those seasons where I'm like, I'm drinking some of the Kool-Aid myself. I'm, uh, I'm dabbling. I've, got, I've poured it over the rocks. Sipping on that Kool Aid so ever so lightly, just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to drink too much. You know, just, uh, historically speaking, you know that a lot of the predictions that I make are a year early. That's true. Right? You're, you're, pr- a, you're pretty good at being a year early on this. Yeah. NCAA football championship winner, and I'm a year off. I just jumped the gun a little bit. So maybe if I'm wrong, there's always next year, which is something I'm sure you've never thought of as a Detroit Lions fan. Never ever. I, uh, I've, I've never even imagined the Lions in the Super Bowl. Nah. <laughs> like, I've never even, like, had that mental imagery. My, uh, my grandfather spent the 32 years of my life that he was still living for telling me he would never see the Lions win a Super Bowl. When I was a kid, I was like, that's silly, Grandpa. Of course they will. It's bound to happen. And then as I, like, went through my 20s, I was just like, man, that old son of a bitch is right. <laughs> and a few years ago when he passed, I was just like, yeah, he fucking called it, man. He's son of a bitch. That old son of a bitch. I love, I love my grandfather dearly, but uh, that old son of a bitch was dead on. Nailed it. Never got to see it happen. But uh, I'm hoping to be the Weber male that breaks that curse. Like, well, I guess my, my dad would be too, technically. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that my pops and I can see a Lions Super Bowl someday. I love your optimism. Hey man, <laughs> fucking if the Cubs could if the Cubs could win a Super Bowl, then anything is possible, right? Like or not a Super Bowl, a World Series. You know what I'm talking about. If the Cubs, could, yeah, if the Cubs could win the World Series a few years ago. Anything's got to be possible. Hell, the Bengals just went to the Super Bowl last year. I know. For fuck's sake, anything should be possible. All right, let's keep uh, cruising along here, though. I've I've got another one for you. I'm I'm saving the one I told I I told Nick earlier I've got one that I know he's on the other side of so I'm gonna save that for last intentionally because oh. I just want the, the 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 big climax 
So uh, everybody wants that last. Oh man, yeah, you save you the big climax for last. First. You don't rush the big climax, folks. You don't rush the big climax because then you're just sitting around freshly climaxed and you still have to participate. It's tough. Uh, I'll jump over to Matt Ryan is fully cooked. I think the Colts will be, luckily limp into the playoffs because the AFC South is so terrible. But I think Matt Ryan is going to look like Ben Roethlisberger in his last year, Peyton Manning in his last year back. As far as I'm concerned, you think the the AFC South is like the worst position in the history of the NFL. I'm sorry, worst division in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I think it's going to be possibly the worse Titans, than the, the NFC. Team in the AFC. Yeah. Ryan sucks. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be even worse than the NFC least a couple years ago. That was pretty bad. That was really bad. And this AFC South could be even worse than that. Like, I, th- I just think it's going to be a bunch of teams. I think it's going to be like... The Jags and the te- the Jags sitting around seven wins, the Titans at like two, the Texans at like four, and the Colts go like eight and nine and make the playoffs. Because someone has to in that division. The dreaded and then get somebody has to. And then get smoked in the first round by some team that's way better than them in the wild card. I think Matt Ryan could have a good year. Ooh, all right. Yeah. I think Matt Ryan could end up being a top 12 fantasy player. Wow. Wow. I'll, opposite side of me here. I think he's cooked. But I love tell- Frank Reich. I love Michael Pittman. He's, he's got goals. weapons. I mean, yeah. Wants to play. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Like, he's got he's a- never going to run the ball. That's a drawback. Um, should be able to beat up on some, some questionable defenses in that division. I think I'm not anti-Matt Ryan yet. He's not anti-Matt Ryan yet. Yet is the key word here, folks. Uh, talk to me in week five. We'll, 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 recon- we'll talk around like week five. I, uh, we'll see. You know, I, uh, I've i been wrong about these things before, but it feels a lot like a guy that's just toast to me. We'll find out. It could have just been that terrible Falcon situation last year. None of it could have been Matt Ryan's fault at all. And uh, but yeah, if there's a, if there's a situation where Matt Ryan can be successful, he's in it. So if Matt Ryan isn't successful this year with the Colts, then I'm definitely right. He is cooked because if he can't be successful as the quarterback of this team, man, I I kind of feel bad for the Colts. Like Andrew Luck retires unexpectedly. Yeah. You've built a very good team. And you just can't find a quarterback. So you keep like they keep going out. You go out and get Phillip Rivers. Doesn't work out. He's cooked. You go out and you get Carson Wentz. I think everyone knew that was a mistake going into it. I think we all kind of already knew Carson Wentz sucked at that point. But whatever. You try it out. It doesn't work. Now you're on Matt Ryan. Like you're just. And if this one doesn't work, then all of this young talent that you've amassed that four years ago people thought could like be the sneaky Super Bowl type of team is suddenly just aging. Like this was like a young this was like a young nucleus team four or five years ago that was like, oh, this Colts team could be for real. They're they're young and they're good. 
and now suddenly won't be that young anymore if we have another year go by where Matt Ryan's not good and shit. We still don't have a quarterback. But that's why they keep cycling in over the hill quarterbacks like Philip Rivers. Right, because they Matt just Ryan, like they think they've got the rest Carson of the new So it's like, yeah, right. you try to get a guy for win now mode. But yeah, it's tough, man. I feel I feel for the Colts. It's a tough spot they're in there. Um, if not for all the Andrew Luck stuff that l- led to him retiring, which I totally respect Andrew Luck's decision to retire. That much injury and the amount of money he had already made in his career, like why not just walk away? Why put your why continue to put your body through that gauntlet when you're married now? He wants to have kids and stuff. Like fuck it. I've been hurt every year of my career since college. I'm walking away. Makes that like I get that. You made over a hundred million dollars in your career already. Sweet, can just bounce. But uh, yeah, tough break for the Colts the past four to five seasons. Really tough times. But uh, that's my that's my next uh, that's my next hot take. They lost to your beloved Jacksonville Jaguars in the last week of the season to miss the playoffs. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that's right. All they had to do was beat the fucking terrible Jaguars. Jags. And I got roped. Yeah, got roped. Like 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, see, I, uh... Man, the the cat battles are still real. Salts is just trying to run away, and it's just getting chased everywhere. (sighs) Poor Salts. Poor Salts. She could just give it and be nice back. She could, Put a little bit of the blame on her. Yeah, but that's that's never been who she is as a cat. It's, It's kind of like, uh... Like being the youngest kid in the family when like your older siblings are like always picking on you and you like get upset and cry and throw fits, but like that's exactly what makes them pick on you. Yeah. Like oh, if yeah. you just like don't give a shit, like they'll stop picking on you. That's pretty much what's going on, except they're yeah. cats and she's the older yeah. one. Yeah. As a youngest, it took me a while to figure that out. Right? Yeah, it did. It took me a good while to figure that out. I had my parents tell me the same thing, like everybody told me the same thing and I was like, That's dumb though. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Nick, what else you got for me in the hot take chamber? It's hot. Ooh. It's really hot. Ooh. Caliente. Um, He's burning, folks. I've got a, a record breaker for you. Oh, a record breaker. Record breaker. 2022, Kyle Pitts breaks the record for most receptions by a tight end in a season ever. Whoa. Which is a pretty high record. Pretty high record. Who is the current record holder there? It's, uh, Zach Ertz. What? I know. Jesus. Would you have ever thought of that? No, I would not have guessed Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. 116 catches. I think Zach Ertz at best would have been like my eighth guess. If I started started like rattling tight ends off of you, I think I would have guessed eight guys before I guessed Zach Ertz. Damn. Looking at it, I bet you would have guessed everybody else in the top eight. It's a bunch of like the big famous names Mm -hmm. aside from him. Top seven. Maybe not not top eight. I th- yeah, I, uh... Let's try it right now. All right, let's with, see. Hit me with six other right. tight ends. Kelsey. Yep. Gronk. No. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I guess he's more of just, like, the deep balls and touchdowns, not as many, like, volume targets. I would say yards that. and touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah not not, not reset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Gates. No. Really? All right, Tony Gonzalez. Absolutely. Man, Antonio Gates, not for being on there, is a little surprising. Uh, Antonio, here's the thing, like Antonio. I guess he's in the same category as Gronk here, whereas, and he was also kind of the predecessor to this new offense. That's like, what I was gonna say. He was like the beginning phase of NFL teams t- being like, "Oh shit, tight ends can catch the ball." He and Tony Gonzalez are why Travis Kelsey exists. Yeah, right. Like, oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, and like Gronk and the, yeah. a good tight end here back in their days used to be forty-two catches for three hundred and sixty yards and eight touchdowns. Ball. Now it's like the total opposite. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Kittle. And that single monster season he had? Never play- oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mark Andrews? Did he? Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking of Ooh, fuck yeah. Nice. That, boy. Love me some year. I mean, you know, he has been Lamar Jackson's best weapon for like four straight years now. Because for some reason, Baltimore just doesn't want to give him good receivers. He was third most last year. Uh, one other guy was fourth most. Two years ago. Ooh, that's a teaser, folks. Oh, here's a here's an interesting. Did Aaron Hernandez ever do make it towards the no. top of this? No. I can't remember. I'm like, cause he had a couple insane years before murdering people, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember if he was if they were that crazy of years. Yeah, mittens is fucking relentless after salts. Just fucking relentless. Sorry, folks. I know I keep doing cat uh, conversations with you, but you you deserve to know. She's got the higher ground. Well, she has a massive weight disparity as well. Big, yeah. big weight. God, yeah, she is a she's a thick gal now. I think Salt's might have her in reach. If it was a boxing match. Salt would have more reach. Yeah, I agree. But like Mittens has a solid handful of pounds. Yeah, she's a chunky gal. I like it. All right, well, I give up on the tight end guessing game. Uh, the other three, if you weren't so distracted by cats, you would have got these other three. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Darren Waller, mm-hmm. Jason Witten. So Waller's the one that did it like two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. yeah. And then has not played up to that potential ever since. Has been like aggressively okay. I'd say, yeah. Ugh. Whack. Anyway, so... Nice. All right. Lay it on me. 110 targets last year for the Atlanta Falcons. Is going to line up at receiver, I believe, more than almost any other tight end in the NFL. If you want to tell me Kelsey will line up at receiver more, I'll I'll give you that. If you want to tell me Andrews will line up at receiver more, I'll probably give you that. But I don't know if anybody else is going to be in the conversation with those two other than Kyle Pitts. He's the I, best weapon on the team by a mile. Best weapon on their team. The second best weapon on their team is a rookie. Drake London. We're talking about what is going to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They're going to have to throw the ball to stay in contention. Mariota loves throwing the ball to his tight end. Mariota averages almost seven targets per game to tight ends. That's a lot. Not a downfield guy, right? You don't see Mariota chucking the ball 45 yards down the field. He's a move-the-chains, progression, safety kind of quarterback, right? Should he not end up playing all year long, they're going to bring in a rookie in Desmond Ritter. Well, rookies like to do the same thing, right? You don't bring in rookies who gun the ball down the field. Rookies are also going to be a little bit safe, either by design or just by preference, right? In order to get to 116 catches, I mean, get, it, it gets the benefit of an extra game this year as well, right? Yes, that does help. So we're talking where he has to average almost seven catches a game. I don't think that's too much of an outlier at all. Playing for a team that's going to be behind number one target. Optimal weapon for an offense that is going to be not 
in a position to throw the ball downfield despite their need or desire to do so. I think it all panned off for a math for you. I love it. That's a, that's a really fun hot take for the season. Love a record-breaking hot take for a season. I'm into it. Um, you and I were, uh, were not as hot as some on Kyle Pitts last year, mostly because of the rookie thing. We were both hot on the fact that he was going to have a great career. We just didn't think he'd be quite as good his rookie year as he was. Still so, ended up with the second most receiving yards ever for a rookie tight end. Yeah, so I'm thrilled to see what this guy does with another full off season of work to put in and now being the focal point of his offense, essentially. I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch Kyle Pitts play this year. It's going to be a shitload of fun, even if that Falcons team is a shitload of bad. <laughs> only team the bears are worse than wait did i say that right yeah bears are the only team worse than them yeah 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 i think i, I can see a world where those are the bottom two teams in the nfc big time or the nfl or the nfl falcons or titans who's worse probably falcons as much as i want to be bullish and just ride in continue to ride in my titans take it's probably falcons i totally agree I do want to be bullish and ride in deeper with my Titans take for the record. Because the Titans take actually started as Titans will be the worst team in the NFL. And then I des- then I decided to switch it to AFC and do an NFC one with the Bears. So that was the, the original take on my notepad here was Titans as worst team in the NFL. But I, I eased off that one a little bit. It's crazy hardcore. I, 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 I go crazy hardcore sometimes, dog. My favorite wrestler was Mick Foley. I love me some hardcore. I don't know who Mick Foley is, man. He the sounds kid. like the guy that owns the Irish bar next to Patty's Pub. Actually, he would look a lot like that guy, too. Like, As a matter of <laughs> fact, if you saw Mick Foley, you'd be like, oh, that guy looks like he owns some divey-ass bar somewhere like a Powell's. M- Mr. Socko! <laughs> Say hello to Mr. Socko! Mr. Socko knows you've been feeling mighty bad. Like, if you showed me a picture of Mick Foley and I didn't know who he was and told me he owned Powell's Pub in Ypsilanti, Michigan, oh. I'd be like, yeah, I believe that. 100%. Um, Keep coming at me, man. You got another one for me? I do. I got a couple left here, I believe. I think I'm down to a couple. All right, I did my Matt Ryan. I did my Bears. I did my Trevor Lawrence. I did my Titans. Oh, yeah, I've got two. All right, so I've got two left. And I'm saving that other one for last. So here we are. The AFC West... Oh no, the cat's trying to eat some cookies. It's messed up. Don't eat her cookies. <laughs> messed up stuff. But yeah, so the AFC West, largely regarded as the best division in football, also largely regarded as possibly the best division ever in football, I think will only produce one playoff team. <laughs> I thought I'd get your head turned on that one. Because it's going to be a slaughterhouse. Just, just the gauntlet the gauntlet's just going to... Yeah. They're all going to beat the piss out of each other. One's going to come out with like a 10-win record, 10-7 and seven or so. And the, it's going to be like a bunch of near 500s that all narrowly miss the playoffs outside of whoever wins the division. 
I'm going with the somebody, gauntlet argument. I heard somebody yesterday that said all four teams would make the playoffs in the AFC West. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's a possibility now with the expanded yeah. wild card. Which, yeah. I don't see any chance. I don't that. see I don't see that ever happening. Well, elaborate a little bit. Who are the two teams? One team. I'm so Jesus God. I know. Even better. Even I know. Better. I almost went with two teams and I was like, you know what? Not hot enough. Throw some more coals in that fire. Well, it needs to be needs to be hotter. And not say who the team is. It's the, Char- so leave me it's the Chargers. The Chargers. I'm pretty big on this. It's the Chargers or the Chiefs. It's uh, I have a like the the when like I said I was dabbling with it being only two teams will make it out of those four, and then I decided that wasn't spicy enough because I was like Chargers and Chiefs will make it. So ultimate hotness. If you had to put my if I have to put my hand against that grill, I'm saying the Chargers. The AFC West is going to be. Oh a my god, those are such cute cookies! Taste. Look at these sweet ass cookies. Those are so cool. Make sure they don't. The cats don't eat my cookies. Well, we I'm worried will, about them knocking them over. They're we so will, cool. I don't want them to get we them will defend them. those cookies with our lives. The cookies are taken care of. I got your back. Give me some skin. Boom. Nice. That was a crispy high five. Yeah. Those are our cookies. Those are our cookies. I see that. Those are beautiful cookies. I Those are Alex's cookies. Yeah, there you go. Attaboy. Alex bringing down some cookies for us to defend from the cats. Probably why. I want to keep this going because I'm I'm curious. Who are the six playoff teams that finish above the Chiefs? Who keeps the Chiefs out of the playoffs other than the Chargers? All right, so we're going to go – well, we'll start with other division winners. So we'll go Colts. Uh, I think the Ravens win that AFC North. So do I. Nice, I like that. Um, I think the Bengals make it in. Okay. Um, Bills. Oh, uh, yeah, Bills. Um, I'm – so that's four. Two more, I need maybe. two more. Um, I, I actually, know you're not going to – don't say the Jaguars. No, I'm not going to say okay. the Jaguars. So, no, no, no. I'm not so – Basically, you need – um, here, all right, here, I'll give you two oh, more. You're, this is going to be tough for you to get here, but come it on, is. let's go. Uh, I'm going to say the Dolphins. Okay. I, I, I think Tua has a good year this year. Okay. I, I'm not like... He's, I'll play that game. I'm not against that. The The deal with Tua here is, like, if if Tua can't have a good year this year, Tua's not an NFL quarterback, period. Like, outright. You're not an NFL quarterback if you can't get the ball downfield to Waddle and fucking sure. Tyreek Hill yeah. and, like, good... Like, there's a sleuth of weapons on that team. And they play in an otherwise okay division minus the Bills who are quick. Like Tyreek Hill, who for the record said that Tua throws a better ball than Patrick Mahomes does. Yes. That's just I mean, that's just some like media fluff. That's have we just talked about this at all? We have not talked about this, and it's just the most bullshit statement I've ever heard in my life. It's, the, it's like the kind of thing you have to say. No, of course you have to say it. I get it. Like Tyreek Hill, collect that Brad Yo, good. Like for you're you. basically like, just saying like yeah, my current wife is hotter than my ex-wife. Yeah, like no, it's yeah. Like, no matter what, you have to. Yeah, say like my brother tried to tell me that about his third wife over his second wife, but his second <laughs> wife was gorgeous, and his third wife, you know, I'm not going to even go down this path because it's just it's just mean. But uh, all right, one more AFC team to keep the it, Chiefs out. It's absurd. It's got to be. They can't be from it, the West. It's got to be like the Steelers or the Patriots. Oh no, I got it. Oh, God, I fucking hate saying this one, but the Brownies. Oh. So this is just assuming that Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension does not get overturned. Right, yeah, that it holds at six games. This is the most preposterous 
I want to I want to jump out of this. I don't want to get too deep into the Deshaun Watson thing. Or the Patriots. Alone. Or the Patriots. So Yeah, I also want to leave the Deshaun Watson thing alone. But okay. I want to hit on just the NFL part of it. Yes. Because it's unbelievably ridiculous to me, right? So this is actually part of an agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. Right. right? That is the third party arbiter. So now. A third party arb- well, there initially it was a third party arbiter that came up with the decisions for a six game suspension. Yes. Right? So now the NFL has the right to appeal and basically somehow the NFLPA agreed to this, which was just mind boggling. So the NFL appeals and do you know who they appeal to? Who the, the, the next guy is that they appeal to? It's Goodell, right? Roger Goodell. Yeah. So they basically appeal to So it all just goes back themselves. to Goodell, yeah. So now what he does is now he has the opportunity to pick a second arbiter. And then, if he decides he doesn't want to pick a second arbiter, he can just make the decision himself. So they hire a third-party arbiter. And if they don't like the decision, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to make my own. Yeah. After all of this goes down. The only thing that does make sense is the second guy is, is not allowed to hear any new information. He can only review existing information. And then make a different decision. Yeah. Now, as as I uh, I it's had just, like defeats the I, entire purpose of everything that's been going. I on. listened to a lawyer break down this the whole NFLPA deal that led to all this a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, "This is just uh, that vis- that circle diagram where it's just oh, like a Venn diagram. The Venn, but no, not like a Venn diagram with like the overlaps. It's like the kind with like the circular the arrows like point A." does a little curved arrow to B and then B to C and then C back to A. Right. And it's just this like weird circle. This just like makes no sense. It's so insane. But yeah, uh, taking all of the Deshaun Watson out of it, if he only serves six games and gets to come back for 11. Oh, and furthermore, there's only one division game in those six that he would miss uh, on the schedule. So he would get to be there for five of their six divisional games. Yeah. I think if, if I could see a world where the Brownies make the playoffs. I think that's actually a relatively easy part of their schedule. Yeah, no, it is. It's like like I, I forget the exact teams they play within it. I but... know they open against the Panthers. Yeah, that sounds right. But I think that Baker Mayfield is going to want to demolish. Oh, them. dude, I hope so. I, 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 uh, I. Ooh, that's that's actually one that I uh, that didn't quite make my list, but was I was tampering with in my brain, which was Baker Mayfield will be a top half quarterback in the league, so top sixteen. I think- Amongst the 32. This is going to be... We'll get there. I'm going to leave this alone for now. But yeah, that was actually one I was tampering with for this list was... I think Baker Mayfield has a good-ass year. Browns first six games. (laughs) Panthers. Jets. Steelers. Either Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Falcons. Chargers. Patriots. So a couple of tough games in there and a whole lot of gimmies. Chargers and Patriots both at home. Whew. Yeah. Actually, four of those six games are at home. Wow. I mean, wow. This, that, the Browns, they could go three and three without Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, you go three and three, and then you get Deshaun Watson. It's not that hard of a path to getting a wild card spot. It's intriguing. So, yeah. Um, like I said, I intentionally went with one over two just to make it a hotter take. 
I won't be that surprised if at the end of the season it's really the Chargers and the Chiefs going to the playoffs. But I think at very most two. Like I don't see this three or four well, let me from the same division. Making, making, yeah, it's hot takes. Bold. Yeah, hot bold takes here. Yeah, so. But not think you expect that. Yeah, yeah. You should expect that. Yeah, so uh, my so my super hot take form is one team out of the AFC West makes it. The more realistic form is two teams out of the AFC West make it, but I, I do not buy the three or four teams from that division go to the playoffs because I think they're all going to beat the hell out of each other. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my second to last hot take. I got one more left in the cannon that I'm going to throw up last, just because I I I just want to watch you react to it. I honestly like fifty percent of me writing this one on the list was for your reaction. Is this my last one? Um, you either have two left or one left. I'm not sure who, where we were at, who went first, who went second. I forget where we were. But, uh, you tell me, looking at your list, you have two left or one left. Well, I kind of combined two into one with my high. Uh, yeah. I'm trying that... to get the Coors Light thing going on. Dude, I mean, we're down here in the underground, man. We're drinking Coors Light. We're, uh, watching cats. Underground. Do combat. The only things. thing about this that doesn't fit well with Coors Light is that we're physically underground right now, which is about the polar opposite of being on a mountain. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an excellent point. We're, but we're still em- embracing the Rocky Mountain lifestyle with the delicious silver bullet cans. If you build like a little cave into like the top of a mountain, like you're still underground. You're just not under sea level, right? God, I don't know. Do we call that underground? If you like, we build a little cave, a little cavern. No, I, I don't. I don't, th- I don't necessarily think that caves automatically qualify as underground. Well, the, you're like in a cave. Ground above you. Is that ground above you, or is that just the top of a cave? So to be underground, you have to be below sea level. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I don't know about below sea level, but I, I, I mean, I guess it depends on the size of the cave, the maw of the cave. I, I, I if there's a bunch of stuff on the top of this mountain or cave, like. I think it really, for me, it depends. If we're talking like we're near the top of the mountain and we've burrowed into a cave, but there's nothing really on top of this mountain other than just mountain, then I don't think you're underground. But if you're like relatively low on the mountain, but not necessarily to like sea level, and there's actually like houses or forests or like life and things happening above you, I think you're then underground. I think it's just a matter of like, what is there ground? Is there real ground above you, or is it just the top of the cave? Not just like a sherpa with a, a cabin and a, a, a yak. I would count you as underground if you were below a cabin and a sherpa and a yak. Those are real things above you. Like that, that makes you underground to me. But it's not like a civilization. It's just like a no. But like it's things, small a, yeah, things happening Very above small. you. One sherpa, one yak. Yeah. If it's literally just a cave top. Then I think no, but if there's anything of note happening above you, I think you're underground. All right. Did did that uh, did that satisfy you? Does do you feel satisfied now? I'm not entirely satisfied. I'd like to talk about the yak a little bit more, but we're gonna stay on target. Yeah, we'll try to stay on target. The the yak could come up again though. So tell me, do you got one left or two left? I do. I tried this last year and it went terrible Ooh, gonna double down with the take from last year fuck yeah and we're doing it again we're doing it again baby um this was god this was my worst take of all well you 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 did say that you're often a year early on these things so i I like the double back like all right let's just try to recycle a 2021 take and hope i was a year early and to be fair 
I am usually a year early, and this one is even more bold than it was last year. Ooh. But that's simply a product of the fact that it was so bad last year. Yes. I inherently makes it more bold this year. Love it. Uh, Debo Samuel is not a top 15 receiver. This Ooh. is more of a more of a fantasy-based kind of thing, but you can throw just an NFL-based thing as well. Yeah. How many reasons do you want? As In many NFL. as you have. Uh, I, wanna, I want all the reasons. Let's bury Debo Samuel because, frankly, the more reasons you throw out, the more awesome this is for me to play back next year when he balls this year. I know. Like so, I just want all of it. Give me all the reasons, and then next year I'm gonna plug, I'm gonna pull this chunk of this episode out and play it back for the audience next year and remind people how wrong we can be. <laughs> so yeah, give me all the reasons, baby. Or I'll have fodder for your victory lap in January. One of the two. Let's find yeah. out. curious how this is going to go okay let's start with this the rushing yards are just not going to be it's not going to happen right Debo Samuel's not going to run for 365 yards against again this year I think that's a big part of the reason that he was basically flirting between either demanding a trade or demanding a contract extension is because I think he inherently knows that if he's going to get a contract and he's going to get paid it has to happen before he gets hurt and clearly, the most injury risk in the NFL is playing running back, right? So, to put this into context, 365 yards rushing was the fourth most rushing yards all time for a wide receiver, ever. That's a lot. The three guys ahead of him, in order, are Tavon Austin. Oh, God, I forgot about Tavon Austin. Ty yeah, Montgomery. And Josh Cribbs, who the most famous thing Josh Cribbs ever did was appear on an episode of The League. And get drafted by our buddy Maddie way too early a couple years ago. <sighs> Not that famous, but... <laughs> famous for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, A, this is something that pro-dynamic wide receivers just don't do. I mean, the reality is, like, if you are going to be a dynamic wide receiver in the NFL, you're not going to be involved in the rushing game on a consistent basis. And I think that, again... that. I think Debo was not going to return to this team if that was going to be his role because he knows it's going to impact his ability to get a long-term contract. So we can eliminate that, right? Yeah. I think if you were going to be a consistent producer with minimal exceptions, you can't rely on yards after contact, right? Debo had an insane 8.1 yards after contact in the NFL last year. This is it's astonishing for a guy to have that many yards after contact. That is basically induplicable. This is the reason that he somehow put together 1,405 yards receiving on only 77 catches. So I'm not certain he gets to 77 catches again, or if nothing else, I'm not certain he gets to 121 targets again because I think the transition to Trey Lance is going to lead to more downfield passing. It's going to lead to more plays where Trey Lance runs the ball, all of which are going to minimize the amount of opportunities that Tebow has, right? I like that you just called him Tebow. Debo. Debo has. I know. You just you throw a little bit of extra spice on the D and it kind of sounded like a T. Like a T? Yeah, it just made me chuckle. That's it's all. better than D-bot. That's uh, true. Yeah, D-bot. Um, 
I already talked about the fact that he's not going to have 365 yards rushing again. Well, yep. he's certainly not going to have eight touchdowns rushing again. Yeah. That, right? Yep. So you're taking away a ridiculous amount of production if you're going to eliminate him. He's also not a stranger to simply disappearing from games or getting schemed out of games, right? Indeed, we've seen it. Bear with me for one second. I shall. I'm bearing. I'm 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 bearing down. Edge of my seat. Right. Bear down for midterms. <laughs> Is that the thing? That's another episode of Community, right? The white guys like bear down for midterms. Oh yeah, that's right. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I have an idea. Bear down for midterms. What? Bear down for midterms. You can't just repeat it. You need to explain yourself. It's midterm time. Mm -hmm. People have to bear down, study hard, get to work. It's bear down for midterms. <laughs> it just like never made any sense. Over. Yeah, no, yeah. Great community's great. Bear down for. <laughs> Side note about Community. Man, that show was so good for four years, and then those last two are just a tough watch. Really tough watch at the they end. They fell there. off a cliff. Like, yeah. really tough watch there at the end. Like, they had that, like, the we, the finale, like, the series finale all built up to, like, Jeff is going crazy and Abed's the sane one now. And like, how'd we get here? Like, how'd we get to this point where, like, Abed's the well-adjusted sane person Really weird stuff. Uh, okay, game log for Debo. Debo had seven games last year where he had four or fewer catches. Six games where he had three or fewer catches. He had a game with one catch for 12 yards, one catch for 15 yards, one catch for 22 yards. He actually had a three-game stretch where he totaled three catches for 49 yards. Total. In three games. Totaled. Debo only had six receiving touchdowns last year. In the first 11 games of the year, he had two. Damn. Yep. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all of these things just create a, an unrepeatable feud, right? Yeah. So from a fantasy standpoint, that this is not a guy that I'm going to draft in the second round of the fantasy draft. In any Hell no. Ever. From a real-life perspective... Again, I don't know that his role in this offense is going to be anything like what it was last year. I think you're going to see Brandon Ayuk improve. I think George Kittle is going to stay healthy, command more targets. I, I don't know. I can't get behind Debo as a top five NFL receiver. So much to the point that I can't get behind him as a top 15 NFL receiver. I respect it, man. It's, it's a great take. Uh, you've laid out some rock-solid numerical evidence. And uh, it just feeds so nicely to the take that I've been teasing along. Here we go. This whole time. And that take is probably the spiciest one on my list. And definitely the one that's going to get Big Nick to look at me the weirdest. Trey Lance will be a full-scale bust. I can actually get behind this more than you think. Okay. Because I, I know you're high on Trey Lance. Like, I'm high I'm, on Trey Lance. You're a Trey Lance guy. Fantasy perspective, not an NFL perspective. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm on the both fantasy and real life. Okay. Trey Lance is going to be a full-scale bust. 
I think if the talent was there, the 49ers, with everything they have in place on that team, wouldn't let Garoppolo run a full season of their team. Sure. Like, there's clearly something that Shanahan and company are looking at in Trey Lance that they're like, we we don't have faith in this guy to the point where we're going to continue to operate with Jimmy Garoppolo after it's been very well proven that Garoppolo is not going to be a guy to win you a Super Bowl. Like, Jimmy G's not... I think it's abundantly clear to anyone that watches the NFL that Jimmy G's never going to be the guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. Even in an outstanding system like they have in San Francisco, and they still didn't turn to Trey Lance. And I think there's reasons behind that that we're going to find out about when they finally do this year. Because you you spend the draft capital on the guy, you're going to turn to him eventually. But... As we've seen for the past decade now, there's so much value in turning to the rookie quarterback early and getting your quarterback production at that cheap rookie contract rate. There's so much value in having those few years where you've got a young guy at the helm and you can overpay the other positions because your quarterback isn't expensive before your quarterback becomes expensive. Look what Seattle did in the early one run with Russ before while... They, didn't, they weren't paying Russ an arm and a leg, so they were able to pay the Legion and boom. And they were able to have all those extra toys and weapons. Look, like, look at how the Rams went to the Super Bowl the first time a few years ago, not this recent one with Stafford. Because they had... Goff-tastic. Goff-tastic. Just playing some system QB. But he was on that rookie deal, so they were able to go out and pay their asses off to a bunch of other guys. It's a real unprecedented. Uh, Cincinnati, right now with Joe Burrow. Sure. Uh, Lamar Jackson with Baltimore. Like, there's all these never younger quarterbacks. Well, never been to Super Bowl, but I'm saying more so a team that's been able to invest in other positions because they weren't heavily paying their quarterback. And a team like, so the 49ers are in this spot where you just spent a high first round pick on a quarterback, and you look around at all that empirical evidence around the league. Your intuition would say, all right, we need to start this guy. The sooner, the better. Because we can then start to invest in all these other spots. It's fascinating. But I think there's a clear sign of no faith in him. I, so, yeah, I, I do agree with you in that regard. Because I think it's it's fascinating, unprecedented, or in the sense that you don't trade away two first-round picks to move up to three in the NFL draft to draft a guy to not play him. Yeah. So I firmly believe that it was not by design that Trey Lance was not playing last year. I think they wanted to play Trey Lance last year, and he was just not ready. Yeah. Right? Now, the caveat to that is we're talking about a guy that only played one full college football season at a Division II school, and that in his senior year in college played one game because of COVID, because his school only played one game that year. So I guess the the yet-to-be-determined factor here is – are all of these things why he wasn't ready last year, but the talent is actually there? Or are all of these things going to be more of a long-term problem for him in his career, right? Was he not good enough simply because he was hadn't been groomed enough yet? Or was it just uh, like a little bit of a red herring, right? Was he not good enough? Or was he thought that he had potential? That's never going to materialize itself. It's a great question. I I had not thought about the COVID aspect of that. And it's something that you and I have talked about from time to time before, 
that was so interesting with that particular draft class where all, all the COVID regulations and everything for players that were coming into the league <laughs> both in 2020 and in 2021 were dealing with coming into the league in a way that no other players had before. Well, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase went fifth overall. He didn't play that year either. Yeah. You know? Yep. So a lot of interest around that that is definitely noteworthy. But, yep, I'm uh, I'm going out. I'm, I'm planting my flag in Trey Lance full-scale bust. I don't think that's as outlandish as some of my previous con- uh, content might have. That being, that being said, he's going so late in best ball drafts and in fantasy drafts and things. He's just that continually climbing and climbing. He is climbing, climbing that more and more. Climbing, that's true. Yeah. But I guess what it comes down to is you can still get him like as one of, if not the last starting quarterback draft. Yeah. So yeah. It makes back it when I could get him as back when I could get him as like a mid mid range QB two around like 14, 15, 16. I was titillated and wanting to get that draft stock. But now that it's like in the 10 to 12 range, I'm already less titillated to take that risk. But back when I could get him as my QB2, I, I was interested. You've got to pair him with a low-risk person. Yeah. You have to pair him with like... Like you get Brady and then you're like, nice, that's funny. We both went there. Car. Yeah. Rogers. You get like you get one of those guys, then it's like, cool, all right, I'll get Trey Lance too. Yeah, like I would not want to have Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance, or have uh, frickin' what's-his-dick in Philadelphia. Hurts. Jalen Hurts, thank <laughs> you, and and Trey Lance. Like, no, I, dodge me with all that. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i out on Trey Lance. I also don't really think the 49ers are as great as some people think they are. So I was uh, I was titillated by your by Debo. You teamed me up so nicely with Debo. I was like, oh, that's great that we're landing in right like this. I like it. I like the way that landed. Deez, I got to hop off. Go ahead. Bring us home. I'll do it. I'll bring us home. Uh, we're sitting here in the underground. We want to thank you so much for listening. D2B2 Sports. Make sure to check us out on the social media channels, the Twitters and the places like that. Make sure to blast that five-star rating all up in that ass. Single star. Uh, yeah, just hit it. Five stars. It feels way better than four stars. It feels way better than three, two, or one stars. Like and follow and subscribe. Blast some comments if you want to. You can talk smack in the comments. You can say nice things in the comments. We don't really care what you say in the comments. But just do some commenting anyway. It feels good. And uh, most of all, as I always like to remind you, you stay classy. As always, the show is a proud partner of Good Fun Media, presenting shows like After the Laugh Track, a deep dive into sitcoms, and Morons of the Multiverse, a fandom podcast of, you guessed it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Also make sure to check us out on the social media places, at D2B2Sports on Twitter, and at D2B2Sports on Instagram. Keep it real, y'all. Love you.